Welcome to the November 16th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast, where we cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day forever. This is your host, Space Marine. Today we have an exciting episode with Nye, a famous crypto influencer person, but he's pretty much a normal guy, but he has a lot of good insights. Jumping right into the interview. I guess your name is Nye, right? Yeah, my name is Nye, and I talk about cryptocurrency online to a large audience of people, specifically on Twitter. I also run a marketing company that helps uh, other crypto startups and crypto companies really engage with uh, with their audience or learn to engage with their audience, learn to create a community, learn to use social media and all of the tools that are kind of blatantly ignored right now um, in, in the process. And, and I also travel the world and, and speak at different conferences and uh, attend events. That sounds exciting. Like, what's your main website, social media-wise, or do you have, like, an actual website that people go to a lot? Like, what Yeah, is- definitely. Um, I mean, I have a website. It's imni.com. Uh, my main, uh, my main t- like, presence online is, is on Twitter. It's at CryptoShellNi. And, um, and then I also have YouTube, uh, Instagram, every other social media that you can imagine, Medium, stuff like that. At CryptoShellNi? Crypto shill, not S-H-I-L-L-N-Y-E. Okay. You don't consider yourself a shill, do you? No, no, not at all. It's just a fun, a fun play on the word, you know? I think people people take that shit a little bit too seriously. And when I started my account, it was just for fun, you know what I mean? I was just messing around, having a good time. And um, and, and I, it started off as a parody of Bill Nye, you know? So we called it shill Nye instead of Bill Nye. Uh, oh. Shill Nye the crypto guy instead of Bill Nye the science guy. And um, and it was it was fun. We were messing. I was messing around, having a good time, just just uh, uh, making some jokes online and sharing my opinions. And then people really liked my opinions, and it started to get a lot of attention and a lot of traction. So um, I obviously rebranded to myself, and, and uh, yeah, been doing it ever since. So when did you start in cryptocurrency? Uh, I bought my first Bitcoin in like 2012, 2013. Um, it's just me and my buddies in college. We were messing around buying stuff on the Silk Road and uh, found ourselves having to use Bitcoin to do stuff. So, yeah, we were buying a bunch of Bitcoin, buying some Litecoin. And uh, in the process, I started to learn about like what this technology like really is and things like that. Um, and then I took a few years off from it and didn't really like go heavily into it until like middle of 2017-ish. Um, and yeah, ended up coming back from uh, a big event and my buddy said hey you gotta check out bitcoin you gotta check out what, what cryptocurrency's doing and um looked at it for a few hours one night and then all of a sudden just got obsessed with it and started to spend 10 15 hours a day studying it learning learning how to trade and uh started investing my money into it all right so what's made you successful are you successful just because you bought bitcoin kind of early or um what's your strategy here like no i mean like i really don't have any of the Bitcoin that I bought from 2013. We spent it all on the Silk Road. Um, I traded pretty successfully throughout 2017 and the very beginning of 2018. Um, and then I saw an opportunity to do something different. So I, I built up this this account and, and started to travel the world, started to actually meet companies face-to-face to learn like which ones are legit, which ones might be a little bit more of the smoke and mirrors. And, um, and I shared it with my audience and with the community and, and people really like it. People really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just sharing my journey online with people. 
so yeah, the the reason that that I, I started to do this stuff uh, specifically, like go to Asia and stuff like that, is the fact that there's like a huge separation between what people are talking about in America about what's going on in Asia and what's really going on in Asia. And that's really the first reason I went out there is a couple of friends invited me out and I said, okay, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to go out there, go to conferences, meet these companies, discuss with them um, what their project's really about, what's going on, and, uh, and and to learn from them. And and as I did that, I realized that there was a huge communication barrier, there's a huge language barrier, there's a huge culture cultural barrier going on between um, what we think is going on in America and in the West and what's really going on in Asia. And so I went out, I've met, met VeChain at their offices and a couple other major major crypto startups with you would call it like large market cap and even smaller market cap projects out in Asia. Um, none of them have paid me to do so. It's just kind of like, hey, this is something that's interesting to the community. It's something that I have fun doing and uh, might as well go do it. Why not? And uh, yeah, just delivering information to people, man, because I, I love to travel. I love to meet new people and, um, and I love to, to, to contribute however I can. And this is like the way that I've found my contributions to be the most valuable. So you're saying that bridging the world between Asia and the Western world is like the best thing you could do? I mean, it's what I'm doing right now. It might not be the best thing I can do, but that's the only thing that I can, the only way I can learn the best thing I can do is by just doing things. Yeah, so like, what's the difference? Um, I know most of the mining power is in China. So basically, is like all the discussion and news there different or something than here? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, what I'm saying is like in the West, you know, like things like WeChat happened uh, a few months ago where China was banning crypto WeChats and things like that. And, and in the West, it's just blown out of proportion. You know, people start making tweets about it and everybody starts freaking out and everybody's really creating these these illusions saying China's banning crypto again. China's really against crypto. Um, they, they hate the, the, the power, the manipulation controls, and, and, and they want to be in control all the time. Um, and what I came to realize when I was over there was that that's not true at all. Um, yes, China banned a few crypto like chats going on. Um, most of them were because there were some scams happening and, and they were trying to regulate scams. Um, and really, like, whoever, like, started the rumor over here that everything was getting banned was just blew it way out of proportion. You know, they read some news in, in, a, in a Chinese newspaper or something like that, and it was blown extremely out of proportion. And um, that's, that's pretty much the case with a large majority of news coming from Asia. So in China, the fiat to Bitcoin training is banned. Is that true, at least? Sorry, say that again. Is the fiat trading ban for the cryptocurrency, is that even true? In in China, it is. Um, in China, it is. But right now, like, they're, I mean, they're open to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as bad as everybody says. Like, they don't really like cryptocurrency that much. I mean, really at all. But it's not like there's no way to trade it, you know, via VPNs and things like that. It's kind of like the same thing with... Um, I mean, I don't trade BitMEX, but a lot of people in the U.S. trade BitMEX, even though you're not technically allowed to. Um, it's kind of a very similar situation. And 
the thing that I found the most interesting is the fact that like China's extremely bullish on blockchain technology. Like there's no no possible way that China is going to get left behind in this. In fact, I really believe China is going to be a leader in this in this industry, uh, specifically utilizing blockchain technology to uh, probably enhance multiple of the their their profitable industries. Um, and that's that's I think the the most relevant point that that I found is that. They're not. They're not going to be left behind. They're not going to like sit out. They're not going to uh, sit on the sidelines and just watch this all pass by. They realize this is money. They realize this is the future. They realize uh, that this technology can change things, and they're definitely going to be a leader in that. So yeah, seventy-four percent of the Bitcoin mining hash rate are Mars in China. So they're obviously not getting out of it. I agree with you. But you've seen exactly. it way more. Um, is there any other projects you've tackled like before connecting Asia and the Western world, like? trying to tell people what the truth is is there anything else you've tackled in the past uh like in the west specifically i mean like you're saying you're doing like a connection between asia like you're going to asia and actually getting the real news that's basically what you're doing what else have you done in the past or now man really just sharing my opinions on projects you know what i mean uh, i really focused started off focusing as like a trader you know what i mean uh uh sharing my entries sharing my exit points people really like that uh i don't really focus on that as much mostly one because the market's down and, and two because i think my focus has just evolved and and, and um where i w- want to be taking my image and, and my company and things like that has really evolved um and Besides that, I'm just working with a bunch of different companies via my marketing company and, and helping them just get acclimated to the space, understand how to communicate with others, understand how to build a brand. Um, and, and really, to be honest with you, the main thing that I really started taking my account seriously, the main reason I started taking my account seriously was the fact that uh, I think that the space needs people who are positive, uh, who bring information to people who are new in the space and who are communicating with people who are new in the space so i really observed a lot of people in the quote quote influencer realm you know i don't i don't really like to be called an influencer i don't know any influencer that does like to be called an influencer it's just just a term that's been used but um i I observed these quote unquote influencers and nobody was really responding to people who were new in the space nobody was really responding to people who had questions and that's why i really started taking my account seriously was because um i saw people needed communication people need to know that um even if their bags are wrecked even even if they're down 50 percent, that there are other people in the community that that are there to support them and i think that's like a huge huge major key for not only the crypto community but like any community so what's like your official title that you would give yourself? Um, specifically now that I'm like really focused on digital marketing, it would be like digital marketing specialist. That's probably what I would call myself. Um, specifically just because of uh, my marketing company and things like that. Um, if I was just running my like social media account, I don't know, like the like what I tell people is I'm just a dude that shares my opinion online. Like that's literally it. Um, I don't really know like any specific title that fits really well. Everybody's got a problem with some sort of title. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. All right. I'm space Marine. That's my title. What is it? Space Marine. I like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's the show you're going on. It's the daily Bitcoin news.com podcast with a uh, space Marine. So, uh, so what do you forecast for the future of Bitcoin's price? Uh, 
Um, I think everybody who is has a positive outlook on it knows it's going to go up. Um, I have the strong belief that it's going to go up as well. Um, how far up it goes, who knows, you know. Um, I think we'll see some probably sideways action for, I mean, in my opinion, like three to six more months, probably some sideways action. Um, I've heard people say that that's completely wrong, but really, who knows? We're all speculating at this point. Um, so I would say three to six more months till some sideways action. And then beginning, middle of 2019, probably closer to the middle of 2019, uh, start to see some action again. You know, we've got the happening coming up in 2020, which probably will affect the price uh, a decent amount. Um, maybe not as much as everybody thinks, but a decent amount. And the real fact is the technology is moving forward. Um, people need to feel comfortable again with buying cryptocurrency. Um, and that's, that's the big problem, why our price really isn't doing anything major right now. We have bullish news after bullish news after bullish news, um, but the price hasn't moved. And the reason the price hasn't moved, in my opinion, is because a whole bunch of newcomers got wrecked at the very beginning of the year. They either exited or still holding and they're not going to be buying more and they're not telling their friends to buy more they're pretty much spreading how afraid they are that their friends will lose their money so i don't think people feel comfortable putting new money in therefore new, new money isn't coming in yet it'll take some time as far as the importance of the price going up goes what do you do you think it's important at all if it goes up does it matter i mean does it matter to it depends on who, who you're asking you know um does it matter to the majority of people that are holding bitcoin uh yes um i think it matters to a large majority of people specifically because right now uh the only real use case for bitcoin or for cryptocurrency is for tra is trading like there isn't another use case for it that's actually super super relevant that's used by a large majority of people uh, will that change in the future hell yes um so it's relevant in that use case that if the price doesn't go up, no one's going to trade it. Um, and I think it's it's relevant as well that, that the price goes up because um, while it's not guaranteed, I would say that if the price goes up, then there's more money coming into the industry. If there's more money coming into the industry, more money can be used for innovation, creativity, and, and, and for building cool shit in the industry that's going to hopefully attract more people. Yeah, isn't that depressing? It's like really the best currency in the world and you're probably right when you're saying most people are not using it for its actual design purpose of being a currency. I am using it kind of for being a currency, but even I, like I get paid with Bitcoin, but I can't even use it for anything. There's nowhere that accepts it, so I have to sell it like immediately and it's kind of a depressing situation. What do you think is going to change yeah. that? I mean, I think that's going to change eventually. You know, I think once once we get get some some uh, some of the Lightning Network a little bit more integrated and things like that and, 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 and other innovations are going to come along. I think we're still in the very beginning phases. I think that the Lightning Network is like kind of like the first step. You know, I think once we get some more speed, um, once people once we get some more awareness and people start to realize, oh, this is this is what Bitcoin's really about. Um, this is this is why we would use it as a payment method. More people will accept it. If more people accept it, then hell yeah, I'm gonna travel the world. I'm gonna use it in every place that I can. Um, but just like you said, right now I get paid in, uh, in Bitcoin. I get paid in Ethereum from clients a lot of the time. And right now I can't use that anywhere. I have to cash it out. I have to go pay bills. I have to uh, use it to to. Um, 
pay expenses for my company and, and, and things like that. That's just what I have to do. Um, I don't have another option at this point. But when the options begin to open up, I think that that will change. Well, Bitcoin is instant. Like, if you don't wait for confirmations, and I've personally never seen since I started in 2014 a Bitcoin confirmation reverse itself, and there's been no documented double spins. So it's actually instant, and I don't see how the Lightning Network's going to change that. Of course, the fees are, like, slightly lower right now. You know, the fees are $0.10. Cents. It's not a big deal. So um, I don't personally think the Lightning Network's going to be what changes it. I think it's going to be when the U.S. dollar collapses. What do you think about the U.S. dollar potentially collapsing? That's a great question, man. Um, you know... I don't know a shit ton about our monetary system right now, and what I would say is that it's definitely a potential, um, and it's, it's it's an interesting conflict because it's kind of like a little bit conspiracy theory-ish, but at the same time, um, I, I have considered it a lot, and I've just sat there, and I've really wondered, okay, if, if our monetary system really does collapse, what's actually going to happen? Like, will people feel actually comfortable like with Bitcoin? Um, and I think that just depends upon adoption. You know what I mean? I think right now it's too challenging to buy Bitcoin. It's too challenging to use Bitcoin for the very, very basic average normal person. Um, no one's going to copy an entire X amount of number uh, uh, Bitcoin address and, and, and be able to send Bitcoin to someone. No one's going to understand that. Um, so whether or not the, monetary, the U.S. dollar collapses, I don't know if that's going to happen. What If it does collapse, I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, it's very, very hard to even guess at one of those scenarios. It's, it's kind of so far out of, like, my spectrum, and I think many people's spectrum of thought, that I, I, I wouldn't even know what to comment on that. But what I will say is that if it does happen, we're going to need to have as much innovation as possible to make Bitcoin, all cryptocurrency transactions, as simple and as easy as easy as possible to use for the average normal person that just goes to Albertsons and buys their food and, and, and does normal things, you know. Isn't that where QR codes come in? Uh, definitely, definitely. I think it is where QR codes come in. And... Um, and I think that there, there's going to be some simpler things going on. You know, there's, I mean, sad to say this, but like, there's a lot of people that think QR codes are complicated. So, um, I know it sounds ridiculous, but anyone over the age of probably like 50 would still have a challenge. I mean, 50 and maybe the people that are not like technically able will have a challenge with QR codes. Um, it, it has much more to do with, um, it's not just to do with like the challenge of the technology, but it also has to do with the challenge of other humans who aren't used to technology beginning to use technology, uh, and for them to switch over into using Bitcoin and technology all at the same time, it could be really challenging for people. All right, so tell me about what you think the best blockchain-based projects are out there. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm working with a couple companies that I really believe in. Um, I think I'm not working with VeChain, but I do believe VeChain is one of them. Uh, I visited their offices in, in Shanghai. I was extremely impressed by their product and uh, extremely impressed by their team. I was really, really enjoying uh, what they had built and, and kind of seeing it in action. I'm really excited to see it being used by actual companies, which they're um, already beginning to do, which is really cool. Second, I'm bullish.
bullish on supply chain solutions, and third, I'm really bullish on voting solutions. And um, Agora.vote has built out an entire voting platform utilizing the blockchain um, for public and private voting. And I'm super impressed with their team, with what they're building, and and, and pretty much with the solution uh, to the to the issue that we face today. So regarding the upcoming elections in the United States, I was thinking how like. They're, without cryptographic security and transparency, how can they possibly know if you know the vote's not manipulated? Can Agora fix that? Yeah, Agora can fix that. Yeah, I think it's a really insane system. Like every single voter should actually have a private key, and it should be on a transparent blockchain. That's the only way to ensure this, because um, there's so much money moving around, so much power being distributed with these elections. Like I'm not even gonna vote, by the way. I don't believe in it anymore because it's so messed up but no, i hear you i hear you and and the whole whole last election they were claiming there was rumors uh, that russia got involved and manipulated the votes you know uh, i think it's a huge huge problem not only in like the u.s and a first world country but in like third world countries as well where uh they, they worked and they worked with sierra leone on, on their their voting system via the and utilizing the blockchain uh for for their presidential election out there and and I don't. I'm not extremely knowledgeable on those situations. It's something I like. I want to learn more about, but I do know that there's a lot of manipulation and, and control going on in, in those situations, and um, it's interesting. It's, it's it's an interesting solution. So yeah, that's an intelligent answer. Like supply chain is V chain, and then voting is Agora, and that's actually probably the best use cases for blockchain. Like you can try to apply blockchain for anything. But the, the best use cases are probably voting and supply chain, so... Yeah. Agreed, agreed. And, I, and I, the only reason I said gaming first is, like, I think gaming's going to lead the way. Um, I think it's just going to be the way that, like, the mass population is like, oh, okay, this is what blockchain does, this is what Bitcoin is. Um, you know, I think a large majority of people already know, but I think there isn't the actual use case that's relevant to the normal individual, and, and that's mm. the only thing, the reason I said so gaming is, like, people- I think... I think do you think people are going to send cryptocurrency to each other on video games? Um, maybe not like that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work yet, but it's got to be way simpler than any blockchain game is out there right now. The problem with all the blockchain games is it adds an extra step. It needs to take away an extra step, or it needs to give the gamer something of value that they'll actually use, um, which is it's a challenge. I mean, I used to be a gamer for the first fucking... 12 years of my life or something like that uh, 15 years of my life and um, it's, it's a challenge to see how they can make it simpler but I think someone will come in and they will make it simpler and, um, and, and they'll get a few million, 10 million 100 million people using it and that's how people will be like oh this is what cryptocurrency is, this is what it's about So what are the best cryptocurrencies according to you? that right now to be honest with you because I think we're in the middle of this bear market right now we're all realizing and and, uh, these people who didn't realize it before are beginning to realize that the only real use for a lot of these quote unquote utility tokens is trading Um, there aren't many tokens that are actually being used in ecosystems that are effective in fact 
answer that question to be 100% honest with you. I think we're in a big dilemma, and I think that's what this bear market is showing us, and I think that's what uh, people are working to fix right now um, with current utility tokens as well as the upcoming uh, security token offerings. Um, because when you ask me what the best tokens are, what the best cryptocurrencies are out there, well, like none of them be, are being used, so it's hard to answer anything besides saying Bitcoin. Well, yeah, to be fair, Bitcoin is definitely, it's become the currency of the internet, especially the deep web. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely being used in the entire crypto space ecosystem as an actual currency. As you know, we're both paying Bitcoin. So like, yep. so yeah, this Bitcoin has use, and honestly, the to me the ICO thing feels like the dot com bubble and the gaming bubble. There was a gaming bubble like thirty years ago or something. Uh, that I wasn't alive back then, but like I would talk to Daniel Jones, who sent you my way, and Daniel Jones says there was a gaming bubble, and then there was the dot com bubble, and now we have the ICO bubble, and it's all very similar. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't alive 30 years ago either, but I 100% agree with you, man. I 100% agree with you. Um, like, the ICO bubble, I, I I think we'll see another ICO bubble, to be 100% honest with you. I don't think it'll be anywhere near what the last one was, um, but we, I do believe we'll see another one. I don't believe ICOs are completely dead yet. Um but yeah, we're, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Ethereum allowed for people to raise money extremely quickly through smart contracts, and um, and we saw what happened. Um, not only with, um, I mean, we saw what happened with the whole industry. It flooded the industry with a bunch of new projects. The large majority of them only came in the industry because they had an idea. They didn't have any working product or anything else, uh, and it gave a lot of, for lack of a better word, incapable people. The uh, access to large amounts of money to build an idea that they wrote a white paper about, um, and yeah, right there is just a pure definition of what a bubble would be. Yeah, my con. Well, actually, let me hear your forecast before. So, what's your forecast? How this is going to turn out with the ICOs in the crypto space? Dude, shit needs to die, man. Um, these projects need to—they need to get weeded out. They need to die. I think we're starting to see that. Um, I think. Companies are, are, there's a lot of companies in a lot of fear right now. There's a lot of projects that raised a lot of money when Ethereum was $1,400 and they held a large majority of their Ethereum down to $200. Um, a, lot of, a lot of projects don't know what to do right now. Um, and they're either going to run out of money and either have to fire their whole team and, and announce to the community that they're incapable of, of completing their mission um, or they're going to. Sadly, and, and, and for lack of a better solution, they're going to probably exit scam with whatever money they have left. Um, I, I hate to say that, but it, it needs to happen at this point because there's no new money coming into the industry at this at, at this moment. And there's too many projects and everybody's money is spread thin, which is causing a lack of uh it's causing the reason for traders why money isn't why, why, why people really aren't making a large amount of money why there are 100 200 500 percent gains happening um and yeah the, the good projects will take the spotlight the ones that have planned beyond just development but have planned financial management and things like that um and we probably sad, sad to say this but we'll probably have another wave come through with icos and a, probably another big wave with security token offerings um, and it'll be interesting to see if we've matured and if uh, the projects can plan better in, in, in the next round. Um, but I also don't think that it's going to be as big of a round, but it, it'll be interesting to observe. Yeah, what I forecast is 
like a lot of these ICOs we have now, because we have like over 2,000 cryptos, most of those are ICOs, they're going to get decimated and they already are getting decimated by lawsuits and just lack of a business model. And then in the future, we're not really going to have a round. We're just going to have a consistent like companies forming, like big companies forming. You know, they start small, but they'll have like a real structure. They have a really good idea that's actually profitable. They have the security token offering infrastructure. So, you know, they're all legal and also they have to promise their investors something and they're legally liable for it. And that, that'll lead to companies like, you know, after the dot-com bubble, we had like Google come up, we had Facebook, we had Amazon. Those are big companies that sustain long-term. I think that's what will happen. We're going to have blockchain companies that are kind of doing all of these ideas at once, and there'll be big companies like each one, but not like a not as many as we have now. You know, like each company will be able to do all these ideas, but they'll do it in such a way where it's actually profitable and they don't mess around and they're not trying to scam. And it's probably going to be like 100. I'm calling for, in the long term, maybe 100 cryptocurrencies. Like at the most. Maybe. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And actually, um, I'll, I'll say it again. I'm not working with VeChain. I haven't been paid by VeChain by any by any means. But when I visited VeChain's office, that's what I was most impressed by uh, from them. You know, because I thought VeChain primarily. I, I hadn't like learned. I hadn't studied a lot about VeChain, but I thought VeChain was mostly just a supply chain solution. Uh, but they're actually trying to build multiple solutions. Um, in, in you think Bitcoin's going to remain king over all the cryptocurrencies forever? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'd like to think so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the most relevant um, and it has, has been and always will be relevant. Um, but man, that's, that's, that's a really hard question. I can't predict the future. I can't say 100% yes. But if, if I had to say yes or no, I would say yes. Yeah, me too. Especially with what's going on with this bubble thing. Because Bitcoin's not the bubble. Bitcoin's like the currency. Bitcoin's kind of like the U.S. dollar back in the dot-com bubble. Bitcoin's the currency, and it'll be fine. It's not like a company, and it's gonna make it's gonna look a lot better when all these other cryptocurrencies just totally like wash out like they are now. And so at least for but do you think Bitcoin is there? How do you think Bitcoin could be improved? Um. So I will well, bring that back to the transactions. I think I think the the speed of each transaction occurring uh, can be improved. Uh, I know that you said that. that you send Bitcoin and it gets there instantly, but it just hasn't had a confirmed transaction instantly. Um, and while there haven't been any errors from what you were sharing ever that, that, that there's known of, um, any normal business person is going to need two to three confirmations for uh, for it to actually go through uh, and actually be approved for whatever their, their uh, transactions need to be approved for in the business. Um, so if you went to Target, you paid with Bitcoin, I would want two or three transactions to happen within 30 seconds. You know what I mean? I think that's that's a, that's a major thing for, for mass adoption. Uh, it's a major thing for yeah people to actually be able to use it in their business. And it's not necessarily the problem um, with the people using it. It's the problem with the people who are accepting it because they're, they're going to want to see those confirmed transactions. Well, you know the uh, you know the blockchain.com wallet with no confirmations, you can use it instantly. You know that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why not? Yeah, why, just, why can't they use that? I mean, they can use it. They they're one hundred percent able to use it. I'm just talking about like the normal person's comfortability with it, you know, um, and and their their awareness around that. You know, people need to be explained that stuff um, for it to be used in. If, if, if it is meant to be used in, in everyday situations and going to the grocery store and, and, and buying a sandwich, 
language and use it using Bitcoin to buy it. Um, companies need to understand exactly what you just said, um, and they need to understand all the details behind it. Or um, and beyond that, not understanding it, they also need to feel comfortable with it, right? Like the big problem isn't isn't that that's true, which it is. The, the big problem is companies feeling comfortable and and having a hundred percent full trust in that. Um, and if they can do that, perfect. Then there doesn't need to be anything changed. But um, major corporations have multiple layers and multiple structures. And my guess, my assumption would be that they would need. Uh, more levels of comfort before introducing the use of Bitcoin on their platform. Um, and in that case, then transaction speeds just need to increase. We need to have two, two to three transactions occur every 30 seconds. So um, what companies do you actually like run or work for? Um, so right now I, we're, I, like, I run my marketing company. My marketing company works with a few different clients. Um, I'm in, specifically, I'm working with EMX, which is uh, uh, the it will be the first fully regulated re- regulated derivatives exchange um, for Bitcoin as well as other assets. Um, and it, then I'm also working with um, Temco. Temco is the first supply chain solution uh, coming out of South Korea. Uh, so they're 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 pretty much working to. Um, Build Korea's supply, supply chain solution, which is pretty cool. Um, they got an investment from KIP. KIP is the biggest investment firm in or in, in Korea, um, and they have never invested in any cryptocurrency or blockchain projects before they invested in uh, uh, Temco, which is really exciting. Um, I'm also working with Cool Wallet. Uh, they were my first clients and, and some of my favorite people to work with. Cool Wallet is a hardware solution, hardware wallet uh, that is literally the size of a credit card. It's the exact same specs of credit card, uh, has a digital screen on it, and uh, connects to your phone via Bluetooth that allows you to send and receive cryptocurrency as well as exchange cryptocurrency via their mobile app. Uh, really cool solution, especially for beginners and people who uh, don't really uh, know how to use a treasure or a ledger yet. Um, and then I'm also an advisor for a company called Agora.vote, which I talked a little bit about earlier. Agora.vote uh, has a public and private voting solution that they've built uh, via the blockchain that I believe in. Well, that's a lot of stuff. And what do you do on your YouTube channel? Mostly me sharing either A, my journey on Apple, companies that I've, I've met um, and, and spoken with. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I do. I like to do interviews at every company that I go see, chat with them a little bit about uh, what's going on with their company, what they're doing, and things like that. And uh, that's really what YouTube's used for at the moment. Anyways, um, so what else do you want to say? Is there any more messages you want to put out there on this interview about the crypto space, the future of crypto, anything at all? Yeah, man. I mean, the main thing that I like to talk about when I do keynotes, the main thing that I like to talk about online is I really, really think fucking transparency is the most important part of what we're doing here. Um, and it's the most, it's, it's the largest issue that I see in the space, um, specifically with ICOs and companies that have raised large amounts of money. Uh, where is your money going? Where is your money gone? What, what are your plans with, with building uh, uh, the technology? Where are you with development? All of these different things and more are huge issues because companies don't know how to communicate with their audience 
and their, the audience, the community doesn't know how to, doesn't know and doesn't feel comfortable trusting these companies um, with pretty much everything um, because there's been so many scams in the space, it's, it's hard to build trust again. So I think it's, it's really important for companies to be approaching their audiences with full transparency or as much transparency as they can possibly give. Um, I think VeChain and a couple other companies are doing this very well with giving out monthly statements of how they've spent their money, where revenue has come in, things like that. Um, but I really do think that is the largest issue in the space right now. Um, and and it's, it's the reason why we have uh, a decent amount of scammers and people coming in building companies just to make money for themselves rather than to actually build a scalable viable solution that'll change the world and utilize blockchain technology in the process i 100 percent agree and i don't see why these people can't be humble like the real ones launching companies should be humble and be like okay i need like 20 or thirty thousand dollars to live for a year or like six months or whatever and i'll build it myself with a or like if there's a team, maybe a hundred thousand total. Why do they have to ask for millions? Why can't they just ask for what they need to live, and then they know they'll make money once it launches? You know. Agreed. Agreed. That's why, like, I, that's why I'm very specific with the people who I work with. Like, I every single company that I've worked with, I've met their entire team in person, and we've hung out for a, a decent extended period of time. And for example, like, just shout out EMX really quick. EMX is that derivative derivatives exchange I was telling you about. Uh, when I met the founder Jim, he's like in a small little apartment in Las Vegas when we were attending a conference together. And every other founder, I swear in my life, every other founder that I saw had rented out a penthouse of the Aria or a penthouse of, of Caesar's Palace and was throwing massive parties every night. And that's like that's one of the reasons why I, I, I said to Jim, yes, I'll, I'll work with you. Like I'll, I'll help you on social media. I'll help you on your marketing um, because I can put my faith behind that. I can put my trust behind that beyond just making money, beyond building a good product. Like I'm about good people. Like that's what I want. I want the space to be filled with as many good people as possible. That's all we have for you today on the November 16th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode. And thanks again to Nye for that really awesome interview on the crypto and blockchain space. This is Space Marine signing out, going back to space. Adios, amigos.